Blog Talk Radio. monthly solutions-oriented talk radio show. Um, Each month, we dedicate about 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, This month, our guest is uh, Mr. Sam Brinson, who is joining us. We're excited. He's uh, taking the time out of his day, uh, a beautiful location in Montevideo, Uruguay. Uh, Sam, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. It's uh, more than happy to be here. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. To our faithful listeners, welcome back, and thank you for being a part of our family of over 5,000 listeners every month. And to our new listeners, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, So today we have Sam here, who um, is um, uh, somewhat of a uh, a neuroscience aficionado and expert on looking at um, how we we think about learning, um, and I've asked uh, Sam to join us and talk a little bit. Uh, he has a book uh, that uh, was released, I think, last year um, that uh, is called Connecting the Dots um, and helping us think about learning, technology, and creativity. So, um, Sam, why don't you start out by telling um, our listeners a little bit about in this work and what you've been doing um, uh, with your research? Yeah, well, the book, I mean, the book explores uh, basically the mind and the brain and, and how we learn and, and then goes a little bit more into the environment and how the, and the environment today is much different than the one we evolved in and learning today is a lot different than, than how we used to do it. And and also then the future and, and what's going to change and how we're going to need to adapt our learning habits to, to work better for us in the, in the future. Um, and so it explores a little bit of that and then goes into some, some tips and some techniques for how we might be able to improve and make better use of technology and the internet, which are, of course, amazing resources that we have available today. So, so one of the things that you you've mentioned in your book is that um, is that in order to raise the collective intelligence and creativity of the world, you know, there's a lot of talk, and I've had other guests on talking about creativity and what stifles creativity. But you seem to be talking big picture that if if we want creativity to exist, that education has to escape the school system. And you said it has to become an activity pursued by people. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. What what is it that what does that look like um, for uh, education as you see it to become an activity? What what does that look like? Well, uh, I believe that uh, in the past it was very common for people to to go through the schooling system and then to finish with a degree and or whatnot and go straight into a job and work that job for 40 years until you retire. Um, but I, I think that 
in in those ideas you didn't really continue to learn after after leaving school it was you're finished learning then and now's the time to work but i believe today it's it's more appropriate for us to continue learning and to continue following our passions and our curiosities uh, especially with uh, we we have such a a great wealth of resources available now for us to do that for anybody to do that um, and I think that if more people choose that path and continue to learn and continue to educate themselves in, in different subjects and different fields throughout their whole life, then that will bring a lot of benefits to the, to the world at, at large, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so in, in terms of how, how do we get there, um, do you have some suggestions, you know, a lot of my um, listeners are, are leaders in educational settings. And so um, if you, when you talk about things like, you know, so going outside and, and it sounds like stoking the fire, if you will, for all learners of all ages. Um, but if you're stoking the fire, um, how do you how do you propose that they that they actually do that you know so they they might very well um be in school context but what we know what that looks like all over the world in terms of the the four walls and the you know the, the what they call the bricks and mortar of, of schooling but what what is it that from a leadership perspective even but the person responsible for the learning of children, what would you have them do? Um, I get that you're saying that they should learn. Um, I mean, you know, should should be lifelong learners and and should be. We want to create an interest in learning. But what does it? What what is it? The responsibility of the person who is is in charge. Um, how are they to make that happen? Well, that. That is a difficult question, and and I did try to focus a little bit more on on the individual that might want to learn something once they leave the school system. But mm. within the school system, trying to um, trying to promote that type of thinking is a is another another problem that we're going to have to face. Um, sure. I I personally believe that we might do better if we incorporate a couple of new subjects into the school system. I think that philosophy might be a great subject to get more people to to tackle because uh, there are a lot of ideas there that um, can help us deal with the problems of the future a little bit better and get people curious and get people exploring themselves, their minds and their environment a little bit more. Um, it's a, it is a difficult subject. Uh, it is one we're going to have to tackle, but I, yeah, in terms of leadership and in terms of teachers, it's a little bit, I believe just get them thinking more. Don't just try to feed them information, but get them to, to sit back and to think about things, uh, to, to follow their own curiosity a little bit rather than try to, to force them down certain channels and to give them information. 
and encourage them to to create their own and to think and generate their own answers and perhaps perhaps a bit more of that might help. Sure. And and the reason I asked you first specifically about you know kind of from a leadership perspective is because there are a lot of people who you know have a desire to um, to have children you know think more broadly about issues as they come up. You know, one of the things that we have often um, compared um, in the university where I teach is we talk about kind of generational shifts in um, even the ability to think broadly. Um, but you know what you just mentioned about um, you know learning and and starting with philosophy. It sounds like um, you are also advocating for kind of the the system almost to be driven by a series of different questions, not just that um, things happen a certain way, but um, or can happen a certain way, but the whys, um, deeper deeper understanding versus um, I mean it's great to have a broad understanding, but deeper about the whys. Um, why do we um, use, uh, let's just say, just take the, the big conversation that's out there right now about fossil fuels, um, about global warming and climate change, um, but thinking more deeply about how we, we got to this point and what are some of the things that are driving um, these changes. Um, sounds like um, when those philosophical questions that you're you're proposing. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's it's important, definitely, today and and even more so in the future to to really to consider all of these different things. I mean, the world it changes very quickly these days, and there's no real signs of it slowing down. I mean, we do have global warming and whatnot, but even technology is. Uh, driving a lot of changes in the world today. And I think even, you know, like a few hundred years ago, you could, uh, the world you were born in was basically the same as the world you would pass away in. But, but now so much changes so quickly that we, it, it's more important to be able to see the full picture and to try to understand how different things fit together and, and what's going to happen if, if one industry collapses or, or one, I mean, even if your, if your job goes under because some robot comes and take it, takes it over, then, you know, you've got to have an understanding of, well, where can I go next and what would I like to do next and, and that sort of thing. So it's important right. to, to have a broader, yeah. Yeah. Broader net. No, absolutely. And, and you're one of the, also a, a really interesting aspect of what you, talked about before um, in in your book was you, and I, I think that really caught my attention, I'd like to have you expand a little bit on, is that you talk about in, in the first step, and I know as you just said that you geared um, things towards, you know, kind of post-school, um, but you said that the first step in the process of really learning and and developing your intelligence and creativity was learning how to learn to expand on that a little bit so for the person who you know who is 
um, moving outside, it's outside of kind of formal educational settings. Um, what, what do you mean by learning how to learn? Well, uh, I think that one of the, when we leave school, at least for me, uh, one of the big impressions is that you've kind of got to get things right. There's a, because tests and exams and, and that sort of thing, they put a lot of pressure on you. And I feel like people leave school feeling um, they're afraid to test themselves, afraid to to force themselves to retrieve information and afraid of failure. Uh, and I think that's a, a big problem. I think that um, when you're learning, you've, you've got to be okay with failing. You've got to be okay with getting things wrong. Uh, that is a, the process of learning. I mean, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Um, and another thing is that I, I think it's important to take yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, because if you're comfortable with everything, then it means you're in the know with everything. You know what you're doing. Um, and I think that it's important to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and try new things, even if you're scared of them, even if you're worried you're going to look like an idiot or you're going to fail. Um, because it's, it's in those moments that you learn something. It's in, you know... It's the moments where you've put yourself out there and you have failed at something that you get to say, well, okay, I won't do it this way next time. I'll, I'll do something different. I can learn from this. Um, and I think we don't give that, that type of thought enough uh, credence, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And, and I, as I think about uh, what you're saying about the how individuals would would go about learning and you know the one one um thing that you you talked about was focusing on i guess developing expertise um um but you you also talked about um the biases and fallacies in our in our uh, learning methodologies but as we as we think about what one must do to get more information. You, you mentioned that someone has to, has to, um, I guess, take the, the latest in science and technology in the, into account um, and, and make for a, you know, for a, a better uh, push towards uh, improving themselves um, uh, what are the what are would you say is the the biggest kind of roadblock that happens that prevents people from uh, from actually in, embarking on self development? Is it that they don't they don't practice it? I mean, they they didn't get a chance to practice it earlier in life. I, if we're if we're to create, I guess where I'm getting at is if we're to create these people who are exploring, as you are suggesting, uh, driving towards expertise and, and, and learning how to learn, um, what are the things that prevent that from happening naturally? Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, 
I, I believe, I mean, I think that we have a great resource in the internet and technology. And I think for the most part, we're already using that reasonably well. I mean, we've got courses from MIT and Stanford and Harvard on the internet and a lot of people are signing up to those sort of things and we've got books and ebooks available and a wealth of articles and I think that I think that we're already doing quite a lot. Um, I know I, I sometimes sound a little negative in the book, but I think that we're we are on the right track and we're doing quite well. But one of the big roadblocks for me is that as we get more connected to our devices and we can be plugged into the internet virtually 24 hours a day, uh, one of the big problems becomes breaking away from that and disconnecting for a while. Because if all you're doing is consuming, uh, consuming articles and consuming other people's perspectives, you're not really taking the time to stop and connect it and relate it to your own life and to see how it fits into your world and what it means for you. Um, you, know, you see people at, at dinner these days with, with other people and they're looking at their phones or they're walking along the road and looking at the phone or trying to check their messages as they're driving. And I think that that uh, is a problem because if you can't be alone with your own thoughts, you're not going to be able to relate these ideas to your own life and to think about the bigger picture, so to speak. Sure. You know, uh, Sam, one thing that <laughs> you, you just said remind, reminds me of something that happened to me earlier in my life. Um, I have always been a person who was um, looking for uh, things to accomplish. And, and so something in front of me that, and especially people said, oh, that's difficult. That's going to be difficult to do. And I would do it. And so um, I always would realize that sometimes I'd be halfway on my way to accomplishing one thing. And I'd already started thinking about what is going to be the next uh, hurdle. You know, what's going to be the next thing to get over? I mean, where I'm going with this is that I remember I had what I call um, a uh, moment that was my, what I said, at what happened to me at a red light moment. And um, one day I was in my car and it was just an ordinary morning and I um, was headed to, I had dropped my kids off at school and I was headed back home and um, I was standing um, at a red light. And in that moment, I, what I always did at a red light was one thing, and that was watch the red light to turn green. And I would quickly go on in my way and on to the next destination. And what I, this particular day for no reason, I decided to look around. I was at the red light and just something had me look around and I saw the what happens at a red light where I remember distinctly a kid at the bus stop bouncing a basketball. I remember a woman, an older woman um, crossing the street and people talking on cell phones. But in that moment, I realized that if we if we don't take part of the in you know, kind of take part in the journey and stop looking at the goal, 
you know, kind of the goal moment, um, that we miss most of the journey. And it sounds like a lot of what you, your, some of your insights are um, also surrounding um, you learn, but you, you take things in um, uh, through the environment around you. It's not, you know, it's not all in books, um, but your learning is an active process um, in life. Um, would you say you agree with that, you know, kind of that, that picture of what you, what you are, are supporting? Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a great point to make. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are getting more into the, the mindfulness, mindfulness, uh, procedure of, of, yeah, paying more attention to your surroundings. I would also like to add that when you're not plugged into your devices, it gives you a more chance to have creative insights. Uh, I like to think of your mind as somewhat like a muscle in that you've got to work it out like you would go to the gym and work out your arms, but you've also got to have those periods of rest. Your mm -hmm. brain gets tired just like any other, any other muscle. And so if you're just there consuming all the time and scrolling through your Facebook feeds and getting all of this information, you're not giving your mind time to just slow down and process it and integrate it into, into your other knowledge. Um, and so when you take a break, I mean, we know that lots of people have these flashes of insight when they're in the shower, you know, we're mowing the lawns or doing the dishes, not really tackling anything deep. They just, doing these mundane tasks and, you know, suddenly a flash of insight comes in and you solve a big problem you had been working on for the, the week prior or, you know, you just decide that, hey, my life needs to take another direction. Um, and I don't think that we're going to have those sort of creative insights either if we're too busy being plugged in and, and reading other people's opinions and t taking in information, I think. So I think uh, it is it is important to just break away and to to pay attention to your environment and go and do things where you're not you know con consumed by your devices. Sure, and and I think about I, I I've seen also just as you um, at the countless um, uh, restaurants where people are looking at their devices and not participating in in conversation with the other people around them but i've one i've often uh, expressed to my doctoral students here at the university that um you one one really important part of learning is is the kind of the act of teaching it or telling it to someone else so i encourage um, my students to talk about things that they are interested in, but and 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 formulate opinions, um, formulate um, new ideas around things that may have been well established. Uh, my students laugh because a lot of times uh, we we're in class and and I'll tell them you know say well here's what has typically been accepted as the common definition of X, but I don't agree with that. And so uh, here's my definition. 
and I'm constantly redefining new things because, uh, and I tell them that I think about these things. And so putting labels and, 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 and handles on what we know um, is that those are very important activities. And so you have to take the time to do that. And you, you just mentioned, you know, doing things like just when you're in the shower, thinking about things and walking and taking a moment uh, away from the technology, but to just walk, take in some air and think. Um, and, and so those are the connections. You know, when I think about how, you know, the, there's some real strong connections, as I think about the title of your book, Connecting the Dots, between being creative and the learning process itself. Um, that um, you you take in a lot of information, um, but you have to process that information that gives you kind of springboards uh, to consider for for you to be creative. You know, the creativity has to have some kind of foundation, um, and it just doesn't spring you know really out of nowhere. It is through some experience. Um, so I think, you know, that's a really um, good point you make about um, um, taking the time to think. And a lot of people don't do that. I agree. I agree. I would like to point out that uh, what you were talking about, getting kids to, to express themselves and talk about, talk about things, is it, it is a great way to also learn because it, it's so easy these days to, to read an article or watch a video and, and think, well, that was easy to process. I'm, I understand that. But if you don't take the time to put it into your own words or to just try to retrieve it or to summarize it at least to somebody else, then you, you can be misled into thinking that you understand or remember it just because you've watched it. But if you don't, if you don't do that process of actually trying to put it in your own words, then you could end up fooling yourself. And when you actually do go to try to tell somebody about it, you realize, well, there's all these gaps in what I thought I knew. Uh, so I think that, yeah, t teaching is another great way to learn, uh, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, thank you, Sam. Uh, to my listeners, uh, just had great conversation with Sam Brinson about um, connecting the dots between learning, technology, and creativity. I uh, encourage you to uh, um, look at Sam's latest book um, on connecting the dots. Um, and and um, Sam has some great insight on, um, on how, um, if we're going to uh, raise uh, the collective intelligence and creative uh, creativity, um, education has to be different and it, and it has to be activity focused. So um, Sam, thank you so much for taking time out of uh, your day. Um, and um, to my listeners um, who uh, may have joined us late, please rewind and, and uh, listen in. We have some great things from Sam. Um, we hope you'll join us again next month. I will be back, but until then, go well, stay well. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Brian. <laughs>